0: I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life Changing Wellness Episode 55. Today, we talk about understanding suicide from risk factors to prevention and how to get help on this life changing episode.
1: This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life Changing Wellness. Life Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward
0: Bond. Welcome, everyone, to the show today. Before we begin, if you just do me a favor, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me. And I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Well, my guest today is George Vernadakis, the senior editor at the leading digital health and wellness company, Everyday Health. He oversees the Everyday Health newsroom and is responsible for coverage of several health conditions, including infectious diseases, asthma, allergies, and cirrhotic diseases. He joined Everyday Health to launch The Health Matters with Dr. Sanjay Gupta's website and newsletter. And George has more than two decades of editorial experience at award-winning publications and websites such as Advertising Age, Variety, Spy Magazine, and Weight Watchers. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the show today, George Vernadakis welcome to the show. Hello.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, I, George, I am very interested in this amazing, this very important subject on suicide and suicide uh, prevention. Why was it so important to you to run this type of piece?
1: Well, when you look at the numbers, it's, it's clear that suicide is a public health crisis in this country. Uh, we may not always think of it that way or or treat it that way, but uh, the reality is it is. Um, it's one of the 10 leading causes of death among Americans, and uh, the most frightening part is that those numbers keep climbing. Uh, in fact, according to another report that was just published, more Americans die from self-injury deaths, which include suicide and overdoses, than from diabetes. Oh, so man. everyday health, of course, It's staggering, and uh, uh, we at Everyday Health have covered suicide many times in the past as part of our overall coverage of mental health-related issues. But then came the events of this past June. Uh, We had two prominent public figures uh, die by suicide just literally days apart, um, as I'm sure you recall, fashion designer Kate Spade uh, and uh, the celebrity chef, journalist Anthony Bourdain. Um, both died by suicide in the same week. Uh, coincidentally, that same week, the the CDC, uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, released a pretty startling report on suicide rates in the United States. And the CDC reported that suicide rates rose in nearly every state uh, between the years 1999 and 2016 and half of all states saw suicides increase by more than 30%. So it was a combination of what was in the news and and this latest data that we saw from the CDC um, that we decided we we should do an expanded report on understanding suicide, Uh, not just to look at the news and the numbers at a, a macro level, but hopefully to help people spot the signs that someone may need help um, how you should and should not intervene, and uh, and most importantly, what resources are available out there. Because the important thing is uh, we have to remember that suicide is preventable, um, and, and hopefully we help provide information to uh, facilitate people uh, getting out there and helping themselves and helping others.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Why do you think suicide rates are increasing in general, and yet the conversation is still fairly muted?
1: Yeah, well, as to why the rates are rising, um, there really is no easy answer. Um, as the experts, uh, that we spoke to said, uh, suicide is complex. It's, it's rarely caused by any single factor. <clears throat> Certainly mental health conditions raise the risk for suicide. Uh, we know that depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety disorders, schizophrenia, they're all associated with an elevated risk for suicidal behavior, but that in no way tells the whole story. In fact, according to the CDC data, more than half of the people who died by suicide did not have a known mental health condition. So many, many factors and combinations of factors contribute to suicide risk. It's things like financial troubles, relationship problems, uh, illness, uh, substance abuse, Uh, People with substance abuse uh, disorders are about six times more likely to die by suicide. And as we all know, we are facing an opioid epidemic in this country. And uh, and then there are some other interesting and very important um, factors that are contributing to these numbers. There's the social media question. Uh, There have been several studies uh, that suggest uh, there is a link or maybe a link between the popularity of social media and a rise in suicide rates, uh, particularly among teens. Young people who are heavy users of social media often report uh, feeling isolated, lonely, or or depressed. And uh, according to data from the National Center for Health Statistics, the suicide rate among girls between the ages of 15 and 19 doubled just between 2007 and 2015. Uh, a period of time that correlates with a surge in the popularity of social media.
0: Well, do you feel, George, that that has to do with uh, anywhere from bullying to body shaming to a lot of girls maybe not feeling that they're capable of, you know, uh, looking like one of the Kardashians, so to speak? mm -hmm. Uh, And the list goes on. I mean, social media today, to me, is becoming... Well, it's a little dangerous, and, and I, I've noticed the same thing you did, you know, the increase in suicide among teens related to social media, and, I, and it's hard to determine what do we do about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, not, not to say that there isn't a, a great deal that's good about social media, but the reality is that uh, the irony is that at the same time that it, it facilitates connections, um, it also fosters for a lot of people these feelings of of isolation um some of it has to do with shaming, which you mentioned. Um there is uh offering people a window on other people's lives, or at least the way other people represent their lives, uh, may make people feel like theirs bears doesn't measure up. Uh and cyberbullying is a is a, a huge part of the problem. Um as a, a follow-up, in fact, to the report that we did on understanding suicide, everyday health. Wanted to put a human face on, on the, um, on this issue. And we interviewed and profiled suicide survivors. Um, and by that, I include people who had survived an attempted suicide and, and lost survivors, people who had lost a loved one to suicide. And, and as part of that, uh, piece, we spoke to a mother whose, uh, 12 year old daughter, 12 years old, took, uh, her own life, uh, after being relentlessly bullied at school, and on social media. Uh, And uh, it's frightening to think that, according to some studies, nearly 43% or more of young people say they have been bullied at least once online. So the cyberbullying is also a, a huge, huge element, particularly as it concerns young people.
0: Yeah, it's amazing that, you know, I call myself, you know, old school, because I grew up in a time of the 70s. You know, I I graduated high school in 1981. So times back then, we didn't have personal computers. There were no such Mm -hmm. thing as smartphones. We didn't have social media. If you wanted to be social, you talked face-to-face. If somebody bullied you or you wanted to take care of a problem, you'd say, meet me out by the oak tree after school, and we're going to take care of this. Uh, Mm -hmm. Today, you know, people hide behind their... Twitter avatar their, their Facebook picture and they they build a life that is not even real but then with teenagers and I feel I feel for them because you know everybody wants to be accepted into this world and you know in my time you know it was always saying that oh you're trying to keep up with the Joneses and in a way that same mentality is happening today but with social media and you have a lot of people who go on social media to appear, that they're successful, they got it going on. And, and then the other half or more is like, you know, gee, how did that person get to be so well off, even though they could be faking the whole thing. But, you know, like you said, over 50% of the suicides were not even linked to mental illness. And that is something we really need to, to dive into as a society to get those numbers to go down. So what Absolutely. do we do?
1: Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> to your, to the other part of your question about the conversation and and why it's so muted. I mean, I think that that's uh, that's an important thing to to at least try to understand. If if the, the considering the magnitude of the problem, why aren't we hearing more? Why aren't we doing more? And um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do uh, with stigma. People who are struggling and, and having uh, suicidal thoughts may suffer in silence uh, because they are afraid of being rejected or uh, even ridiculed if they open up to others. And that, that stigma extends to people who lost loved ones to suicide. Uh, the mother uh, that I mentioned earlier that we spoke to whose daughter killed herself said that she herself felt judged as if uh, people were wondering what she did or didn't do that may have contributed to her daughter's suicide. Um and then talking about suicide is is in of itself is hard because there's so so many factors involved. When when someone attempts or completes suicide we tend to we tend to look for an easy explanation, but it's much more complicated than that. It uh, it requires that, uh, that we all as, as individuals, as communities, uh, at a government level, um, that we move on a lot of fronts and tackle uh, everything from health insurance coverage and access to health, uh, to how best to provide needed financial and uh, emotional support. Uh, For us at Everyday Health, we felt that one of the major things we could contribute and one of the first steps is to try to give our readers at a a personal, individual level information and uh, and tools that they could use, uh, hopefully, to to help identify uh, problems either in themselves or in others and and then uh, empower them to uh, figure out what they could do as individuals.
0: Well, let me ask you this because... For those people that you interviewed that survived a suicide attempt, what did they say? Did they give any clues as to what signs that we can actually maybe see or take notice of in people that uh, we may not think would commit suicide, but maybe they're showing signs that we need to be aware of? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, in the case of this um uh, this, uh woman whose 12-year-old daughter uh, killed herself she um she said that she she had no idea that uh, that uh, what she saw in the way of her uh, daughter's uh, behavior seemed perfectly norm- normal for a young teen um and uh while she was somewhat aware that there were some students at her school that were bothering her she didn't at the time Um, uh, realize um, how relentlessly her daughter was being bullied. Um, uh, Her daughter also, interestingly, had friends, uh, and this is something that when we did a report earlier on loneliness, you know, it's sort of the the difference between being lonely and isolated. You may not, you can be lonely in a crowded room, and and this young girl was apparently an avid gymnast and, and had social connections through her interests. On the other hand, apparently she had difficulties making new friends at her school because of this, this bullying that was going on, this ridiculing. Um, all of that said, there are, um, there are so called red flags, uh, for suicidal behavior. They're not always obvious. They're not always all there. Uh, but there, there are signs, uh, to look for uh, that may indicate suicidal thoughts or, or what we call ideation um these may include things like um if a person expresses feelings of hopelessness uh feelings of isolation um or uh, of being a burden to others uh extreme mood swings um uh, uh something as as basic as changes in their sleep patterns um and certainly any substance abuse or, or increases in in substance abuse these are all um common red flags but again they may be subtle uh and they may not all occur at the same time uh so it, it it's a it's a it's a challenge and 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 that's why it's so important to stay to to stay close to the people that you care about to keep the communication open um and to uh and to be willing to ask direct questions because as one expert said uh you know people don't commit suicide because you ask them about it um, they uh, asking direct questions uh, actually uh, frees them up to uh, hopefully uh, address some of the the troubles that the that they're enduring.
0: You know, I want to kind of go back to the first question because it's it's so important. And, and with media today, you know, we, we all seem to scan through articles on our smartphones or iPad, or if we're on the computer, we have about a six second attention span and when it comes to suicide the conversation it doesn't matter if it was kate spade or anthony bourdain or our others out there you know we we go through a, a day of shock we hear about it on the news for about a week and then it disappears and nobody ever mentions it again and they just wait for the next one so how can we get this conversation to go from being muted to being in the forefront to realize that this is a national problem?
1: Right. Well, I think uh you know education uh and raising awareness are key uh to the extent that uh we at Everyday Health and other organizations can do that um that's that's the um really the the first and fundamental step. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there and um and, and that fuels the uh the stigma and shame that we touched on earlier. Um I think the more we can convey um the magnitude of the problem to people, um, you know, the sort of statistics that stood out uh when we were doing the, the research, I mentioned earlier that uh, uh the C D C data showed a thirty percent rise over the past two decades. Um, the fact that tens of thousands of Americans die by suicide every year is staggering. Uh, in 2016 alone, uh, nearly 45,000 lives were lost to suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, we touched on young people. I mean, the, the the numbers show that suicide is the second leading cause of death for people uh, between the ages of 15 and 24. Uh, and third leading cause of death in children as young as ten to fourteen oh, um God. I think the more that uh that we can communicate uh the uh these kinds of numbers uh and 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 uh get people to understand again at a individual level but also community levels the the magnitude of the problem um hopefully what we in essence are doing is is recruiting them and their services to to watch out and, and for people who, who may be uh, in, in a crisis and, and, and help intervene. Uh, the uh, other statistic uh, that I wanted to mention concerns gender. Uh, suicide uh, typically is more common among men. The majority of deaths by suicide are among men, but the numbers are also now rising more and more among women and female suicide rates were significantly higher uh in 2016 as compared to 2000 uh it's not clear what's driving the numbers there's been some research done that suggests it has to do with uh increased stress at work and at home uh for women um but uh and uh, one survey found that uh nearly half of the women uh, surveyed said that their stress had increased significantly over the past 5 years but but it's not, it's still not clear what's driving the numbers, but the thing is that, um, the gender gap, if you will, is uh, in suicide rates is also narrowing. Um, so these are all very, uh, very, uh, disconcerting, worrying, uh, important things that I think need to be conveyed along with the fact that it is not strictly speaking a mental health condition issue. Uh, not when uh, roughly half of the people who died by suicide had no known mental health condition. I think these are all the kinds of things that people need to know um, and hopefully will help them uh, help uh, others.
0: Well, let me see this. Everyday Health is a great resource for so much information. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to look up Everyday Health and, and check them out. Uh, but, George, what is your mission behind this story and others like
1: it? Well, Everyday Health' general mission, if you will, is uh, to deliver trusted, timely health uh, and medical information, and uh, the goal there is to help people live their healthiest, fullest lives. Uh, we, want, we want our readers to understand what's going on in terms of health trends and medical advances. Uh, we want them to feel like they're hearing all the important conversations that are happening in the health space, but... We also want our readers to feel empowered. Uh, we want to we want them to come away with practical insights and and tools that they can apply in in real life. So, for example, last fall we surveyed 3,000 women and we asked what wellness meant to them. We we asked them to define and rate their personal wellness based on uh, factors like physical, emotional, even financial health. Uh, and then we took that data to top experts on women's health to better understand what was standing in the way of women's health and happiness, and most importantly, what they can do about it. Basic things like uh, achieving a healthier body image, uh, managing their stress, uh, getting a better night's sleep, uh, coping with illness. Um, in the case of our suicide coverage, we wanted to define the problem uh, to convey its magnitude. But we also wanted to give readers basic information and access to resources that they could use to help them understand what are the risk factors, what are the signs that someone may need help, and and where they could turn to get that help. Um, and uh, and hopefully we achieve that.
0: Well, the thing that I'm impressed with, George, is that you you've really brought an article out that is covering suicide. In a way that a lot of us may have not uh, realized, you know, if if over 50% of those committing suicide have no known mental illness, um, do you know of any type of stats of those 50% that may have been on any type of uh, mind-altering medication that could have... you know had side effects that could have led to those types Mm -hmm. of decisions
1: it's it's a it's a very good question and 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 it's a a very gray area when we get into uh the question of of uh, medication and drug use uh and substance abuse disorders in fact um the report that i mentioned earlier that just came out about self-injury uh deaths outpacing uh diabetes uh for the first time part of that report's point those researchers point is that they feel that suicide um and uh overdoses um and, which include drug and also alcohol abuse uh should all be included together under this term self-injury uh, mortality um uh, the implication there being that the 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 problem uh is even greater uh than we realize um However, the reality is that uh, uh, a, a significant percentage of, of deaths associated with uh, uh, overdoses uh, are are considered accidental uh, and not suicidal. So um, to your question, I don't have a specific statistic in part because that's part of the problem, uh, the difficulty in distinguishing between um, accidental uh, and intentional. Uh, uh behaviors uh, but there is definitely a call uh, in the medical community to consider uh, treating uh, these overdoses and substance abuse uh, deaths uh, alongside with suicides as a, a total number for for self injury mortality.
0: Well, yeah, I understand the whole self injury thing, um, but in a way, I almost think they should kind of keep them a little bit separate because you know an accident is an accident and suicide mm-hmm. as a choice. And yeah. um, for medical researchers in general, I think it would help them to keep those numbers separated so they can really fine-tune on certain areas. Because uh, recently I had done a a piece for the local morning show here on CBS in Houston on depression and suicide, and the focus was on the medications. And mm-hmm. it was shocking to see that Nearly 80 million Americans are taking at least one uh, psychiatric drug. Uh, 41 uh-huh. million people take at least one antidepressant. Seven and a half million children between the ages of six and 17 take one antidepressant. And more than a million children under the age of five could be taking an antidepressant or an ADHD medication and these things, you know, have the tendency to have side effects that could lead to suicidal thoughts and tendencies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I oh, don't yeah. think and
1: t- even something as basic as flu medications. that are, there have been reports in terms of side effects um, uh, of children uh, displaying depressive and suicidal behaviors uh, from just taking uh, flu medication.
0: That is that is shocking, and that is extremely scary. Now, let me ask you this, George, because at Everyday Health, what are some of the other big launches that you have in the pipeline?
1: Well, needless to say, we're going to continue to cover this issue closely. And um, as part of our overall mental health coverage, this, this year we've created, uh, we've launched expanded reports on anxiety and bipolar disorder Uh, And we're planning a new report on major depressive disorder uh, later this year. Um, Something uh, we're working on now and and very excited about uh, is a report on stress. Uh, When we conducted the survey for our report on women's wellness, which I I mentioned earlier, we found that stress was one of the top challenges uh, to wellness. So we decided to really dig deep into the subject of stress with a panel of experts, we're going to explore what factors cause stress, what stress actually does to our bodies, um, what techniques we can use to manage it, and uh, and even how we can put stress to work for us. So we've collected all the data from uh, a survey that we conducted, and we're in the process of compiling an extensive package uh, that should start rolling out uh, in mid to late September. So we're very excited about that, and I think our, our readers will be, too.
0: Well, how can all of my listeners uh, find Everyday Health?
1: The easiest way would be um, everydayhealth.com, everydayhealth, one word, .com. Uh, and uh, that's our homepage. And, uh, uh, in fact, the women's wellness study that I mentioned uh, is, is featured on that on that homepage, uh, there's also site search available uh, once you're there. So if you're interested in reading more about suicide and the understanding suicide uh, uh, piece we talked about, uh, you can do a site search uh, for understanding suicide uh, to find it.
0: Now, um, is, does Everyday Health also have a, a newsletter that we can subscribe to?
1: Yes. Once you're on the website, um, you can uh, find, uh, if you scroll down, uh, towards uh, the bottom of the page, the footer, one of the links will uh, take you to a sign-up page. Uh, we have uh, a wide range of newsletters from broad daily healthy living newsletters to more targeted specific uh, newsletters uh, on, for instance, asthma and allergies or uh, living with psoriasis and living with um, many different conditions. So you can uh, pick and choose from the many newsletters available there
0: oh fantastic and ladies and gentlemen please go to everydayhealth.com sign up this is a a site that to me really pinpoints the type of health information we truly truly need in our lives and and you know because you know there's there's power uh when we gain knowledge And I encourage everyone to gain knowledge about their health. Start gaining knowledge about other type of conditions. Maybe you're not suffering with that condition, but maybe you know someone who is, and you could be that lifeline to help that person. You know, George uh, Vernadakis and I have been discussing the subject of suicide in this episode. For those, any of you out there, you're listening to this episode right now, maybe you're driving down the freeway, you're going to work, and you're having thoughts that you shouldn't be having. Suicide is a choice, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm asking you don't make that choice. Choose to live. There are people out there that can help you. Find the suicide prevention in your area. Talk to somebody. Communication is key. As George describes social media, you know, in in today's time, It's not really social. It can cause people to be isolated, and you can even be lonely in a crowded room. But this show is called Life Changing Wellness for a Reason, and we believe that this episode is life changing to you right now. So just realize there is someone out there today that cares about you. And just remember that I care about you. I want you to live. So seek help. There's always somebody there who's willing to reach out to help you lead a better life. George, thank you so much for, for being on the show today.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: And Ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds and rate the show on iTunes. Thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. And you can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. And again, thank you for listening to Life Changing Wellness. I'm Dr. Ward Bond. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. God bless.